This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 251, It. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Strangers and Aliens. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and this is a podcast about the intersection of faith and fiction, Christianity and sci-fi fantasy. And today I'm here alone. I'm here alone to talk about a movie that I'm the only host who has seen this movie, and so I'm talking about it. And it is Halloween today, and so it's kind of especially appropriate that I would be talking about this particular movie because it's a, a horror movie, a scary movie. Uh, it was supposed to be a scary movie, but we'll we'll talk about it. It's not to say it's not effective. It's not to say it's not a good movie, but we'll talk about the scares in a moment here. But yeah. Um, this is a movie I've been very curious about and waiting for. And um, this month, uh, you know, just to throw my cards out on the table, it's been a very busy month. It's been a very um, obnoxious month as far as the busyness that has happened and the kinds of things that I've been busy with. Uh, and and just, you know, to be honest, there's, there's a number of things happening with like cars breaking down and dealing with things around the house and everything. And I, then there's just lots of things going on at work, big parties and, you know, things that we have to plan and things that we have to implement. And, you know, being a children's pastor, that's a big part of my job is, is working with uh, doing events and, and stuff like that, but also doing classes. I get to do classes for kids and for parents and that's fun, but it, it requires preparation and that kind of thing. And so um, my birthday was in the middle of the month and I got a notification from AMC, the theaters, that they were giving me for my birthday a free large popcorn, a free large drink, but I had to use it before November 1st. And I was uh, I wanted to use it. I wanted to get to the theater and just just haven't had a chance to. And then I also, in my wallet, happened to have a, a free pass uh, to a movie at AMC Theaters. And I'm just thinking, I've got, I've got this perfect birthday thing going, a perfect storm of free movie for my birthday. And just didn't have the time to get there. And now the money, I didn't have to worry about. I'm like, this is free. This is great. I don't have to, you know, I can, you know, not worry about, you know, throwing money at a movie and... 
just didn't have the time. Just didn't have the time. So finally, I got around to it two days before the expiration of the birthday gift that AMC gave to me. Uh, and it was a free evening. And I'm thinking to myself, if the movie's bad, I'm not out anything except for some time. And yeah, so I went to the movie and, and that the movie I chose to see was was it. Now, my history with it is that I have known of the book and have seen the book. I have not read the book, but I have heard people talk about the book. And I remember actually being on the bus in high school and um, hearing some some other uh, kids on the bus uh, talking about it. And the I don't I don't remember any specifics. I just remember that the stuff they were talking about was in hushed tones because the stuff they were talking about was was very taboo and and sexual in nature. And now now I am aware of some stuff that has happened in that happens in the book that um, sounds really troubling to me. But I'm not familiar with the book. Haven't read the book. I'm not going to get into the book stuff because I can't speak intelligently about that. I haven't read it, and so I, I don't know what's going what's going on. I. But just that is, I guess that's one of my 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 first um, uh, cautions for you as as the listener is that the the book apparently has some very graphic scenes in it of violence and sexuality and possibly of both violence and sexuality in the same scene. So um, that's my experience with the book. Now my experience with Stephen King is I have read a lot of his. His books. In fact, um, aside from C.S. Lewis and maybe one or two other authors, I've probably read more books by Stephen King than by um, by almost any other author, other than comic book writers, C.S. Lewis, and maybe a couple other writers that I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, now, if you're going to like franchise books or something like that, like well, uh, Tolkien, um, my, I might have read more from Tolkien, and and then like. Then you're getting to like Star Trek books. If you're getting to those kind of things, then there's more. But uh, Stephen King is a, a writer that I came to later in, in life, um, in college. Actually, no, in, in high school. I, I found a book um, on the floor in the hallway of my Christian high school. Uh, it was Skeleton Crew. And it has a bunch – it's a book of short stories. And and so that was probably my first uh, first time reading a book by him. And then Dead Zone, I think, was the next book by him that I read, which that's a book that I loved uh, quite a bit and like the movie a lot as well. But then he's someone I, I, I come back to when there's a new Stephen King book. I'll generally um, check it out and, and see if it's something that I'm interested in reading. And, and sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But um, yeah, but I, I haven't read a lot of his older books, uh, to be honest, uh, other than like the gunslinger first the the original three books in that series and um yeah uh, anyway uh so i've read a number of of books by by stephen king and uh then the other thing that i'm familiar with with as far as it goes is the tv movie which i watched uh this is going back into college now and uh i remember renting the vhs um tapes of of uh it and and watching all three hours uh you know so both both evenings uh in, in one evening uh with with some of my roommates and we loved it uh i don't remember much as far as the details other than tim curry as pennywise was really creepy and we 
we loved that. Uh, and then I remember John Boy being in there and um, John Ritter being in there. And I remember the kid stuff, you know, and, and that's the one thing that that sticks out to me here is is the kid stuff. Now, so far, hopefully I haven't had too many, many spoilers for you. And I, I'm not planning on really talking much about uh, spoilers, but I am going to talk about some of the things I, I, I'm not. Well, I probably will follow my my quadrant of uh, plot and characters and themes and uh, style. So I guess I will follow that. But I'm not going to talk much about the plot itself. However, some of the things I'm going to talk about with like style, um, you know, if you aren't sure if you want to see it, then I would continue listening. But if you're sure you're going to see it, uh, you may not want to know what I'm going to say about the style and, and say about the way that the scares play out and the way that uh, things look. Um, so plot wise, I'm not going to spoil too much, but I might spoil a little bit as far as um, just how things work in the the storytelling language of this movie uh, when, when i get to it you'll you'll know i'm there because i'll be saying i'm going to talk about style now but uh yeah so anyway th- another kind of warning or caution is that this is rated r now it's it's rated r for for violence and honestly it's the language too man i mean the, there's violence i mean there is definitely bloody gory things going on um and and there's sexual themes that 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 do get discussed and play out, but I, I would say that that, as far as the themes and the things you actually see, are are probably more in the PG thirteen territory. It's the language, it's the language, and um, it's strange because well, I guess I shouldn't say it's strange uh, because if you want to talk about well, let's start with characters, talking about these characters. I mean the language that they use. It's fairly realistic. I, I uh, the the movie itself takes place in 1988 and 1989, and that's another thing that was just really fun to see. Now these kids would have been younger than I was in 1988 and 1989, but only by a couple of years. And these kids, I mean, they are saying things that uh, saying some things that honestly I, I said when I was was young and and we thought it was funny and they are saying things that I heard people saying and and heard um you know so it's a realistic portrayal I guess in that way of of kids in public school and actually there's a homeschool kid there as well but <laughs> they even call him homeschool kid but uh that's that's realistic uh I'm watching this and I'm thinking to myself I knew those kids. I I knew those kids and I'm watching and I'm thinking to myself, I was those kids. I mean, this is, they call this group of kids who are, are the main characters of this story. They, they call them the, the losers club. And I don't know if they actually call them that in the movie, but that's what they're called. Um, in, in the things I've read about it. And I think they might've called it out in the, the TV movie, because that's something I I'm familiar with as far as calling this group of kids, the, the losers club. Anyway, they're losers, uh, as far as the way that their community sees them, the way that their people, the other people in school see them. And basically you're dealing with two groups of people in this school. You have the losers and you have the bullies and the bullies are drawn to the losers and the bu- bullies are, you know, watching for the losers it's not just uh oh they're there so we're gonna bug them and and hit them or trip them or whatever no they actively go after the losers and and this is where i i say i 
I've seen these kids, I've known these kids, and I've been these kids. Um, and so in that way, uh, yeah, but some of the language goes a little over the top. And, and most of it belongs to the, the kid, the, the main character from Stranger Things. And he's, he's great in this. They, they all are. These kids are great actors as far as kid actors go. Uh, they, they, when they were doing their thing, you couldn't take your time, your eyes off of them. I mean, they're, they are like stranger things. And, and there's actually, this movie feels like, you know, if <laughs> this is the movie you watch in between the seasons of stranger things, you know, because it, it feels like, uh, one of a kind with, with stranger things. And as they're, as they're acting, you just, you're drawn in and, and the, the emotions that they are portraying with their acting uh, is genuine and and feels real and feels as real as as any acting you you might see from a, a talented adult actor it, i don't know if that's just sheer talent that they have or if that's something that the director was just really really good at bringing out of them uh it, it felt like almost the kind of performance in some places that might be harmful to someone to to have to put yourself into that and to experience that over and over again and there's some horrific scenes that as you're watching i i'm wondering oh my goodness how old is this kid because whew, this feels like something that'll be really intense and uh, there's a young kid who goes through some stuff that you just oh my goodness like how much did he know was was happening and when he watched the scene of this terrible thing happening to him did he was he able to watch it when he's like at the uh you know the premiere or something like that i mean these kids the 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 main cast of this movie um some of the older looking ones might actually be older um older than they they play on on the, in this movie but the younger ones they're they're not old enough to go to this movie without an, an adult present because you know this is an r-rated movie so but anyway the, the characters though um they they felt real they felt genuine and and their friendship together felt felt real um in that they it wasn't just this tried and true. We will be friends till the end and nothing's going to get in the way of our friendship because things do get in the way of their friendship and they have conflict within their group of friends and they, uh, they, they tease each other and they exclude sometimes. And, um, you know, the, the main kid, uh, from Stranger Things, who I I can't remember his his name in this movie, but he's the one with the glasses. But he uh, he tells really inappropriate jokes that the other kids don't like, and they let him know they don't like it. Uh, it doesn't stop him, but they they let him know that they don't like it. And so, as far as the characters go, I was drawn into the story because of the characters, and I'll just I'll that's probably one of the strongest points I have here is that it was the characters who really drew me in to this movie. The plot itself, um, if I can be honest, feels, I don't want to say rote, but it is kind of, uh, and that's not even because I saw the miniseries, the, the television miniseries. Uh, I mean, that was 20 years ago, 20 some years ago that I saw that. Um, this part, I mean, this is, this is part one of two movies. And so this is the, um, childhood portion 
the next movie will take place in present day with these characters as late thirties, early forties or, or something like that. And no, I think they're actually like 40 uh, because it's like every 27 years, I think those kids were 11 or 12 um, or even 12 or 13. Honestly, if they were in high school, might've been one of those combined high schools where you have junior high and high school together. So they could have been eighth graders getting ready to be ninth graders or something. But anyway, um, as far as just the way that the story uh, plays out and the way that the story reveals things and, and then the ultimate resolution of the story, um, there were some surprises along the way, but the important beats that they were going to hit, these were all beats we'd seen before. And, it's not super original. Let's put it that way. Some of the visuals that come along with it are, and some of the, just the things that are, you know, the, the, the specific details, but the, the broad, the broad story is not. And it didn't matter because it was the characters who were pulling me in and it was seeing the characters go through this and, liking the characters and rooting for the characters and you know and maybe it was a little bit of audience identification i mean there's a character named ben in this you know and i self-identify when i have characters named ben for some reason it's something i think that uh is not unique to me um but they they drew me in and they kept me in and there's some parts of this movie that i I may not have liked it as much if if it wasn't for the characters and, and how well these characters were portrayed and, and how well they drew me in. Now, as far as the plot goes, um, I'm just going to say, you know, it's it's you've got a clown. The clown is doing evil stuff in the town and you have a group of kids who are aware of what's going on. They're the only people who seem to be aware of what's going on. And so they are the only people who can take care of things. And part of it is that they've been drawn into this because of, you know, they know the people who these horrible things have happened to. And for one character, um, I think his name's Billy, but the, he's the primary character uh, of the of this group and, and his brother in, in the early scenes of the movie was had some horrible things happen to him and he's disappeared. And so now that's actually part of his driving force is that he wants to find his brother, have some closure by finding his brother. He can't accept that his brother is dead. And that's, I mean, that's actually, there's something for each character. Each character has a, a big fear and, and basically they have to conquer that big fear. And, and once you conquer your fear, uh, and it's interesting because that, that kind of gets into the themes where, you, you know, the, one of the big themes is facing your fears uh, and realizing that fear is not real. Fear is what you feel about something that's real and kind of taking control of the fear. And when you control your fear of the thing, then the thing no longer has control of you. And in a real world sense that that comes across with a little bit with the bullies, you know, and you have these, these, these two forces of evil, three forces of evil, maybe even more than that, but you have the clown and then you have the world, 
You know, you have the people of the world and the bullies of the world and the um, the bad people of the world. And then you have this clown, this evil thing that's coming. And, and you know, what is Pennywise? I mean, they don't really answer it in this, so I can't uh, spoil that, honestly. Um, they They kind of explain things a little, you know, directly, maybe too directly, maybe a little bit too much on the clown nose. Uh, I mean, as far as his motivations, they explain his motivations, but it's possible that that's not the full story because once you get into the sequel, maybe we're going to find out more about what is Pennywise? Where did he come from? Why is he doing what he's doing? Why does he look like a clown other than clowns are creepy? But uh, it, it kind of gets we get a surface level explanation of what is Pennywise. And if this movie was done with the end of this movie, if this was the only one they made, this actually is a movie that has a beginning, middle and end. And the way that they end it is basically they say, okay, we've done this thing and it's done now and we are done with it. But if we're not done with it, then we'll come back and we'll take care of things. (laughs) And, And we know Pennywise is coming back because there's a sequel and the sequel is not called the other it it's, it's it chapter one and it chapter two, it's the same it. So I don't think I'm spoiling anything when I say this, but they, the way the movie ends, there's actually a satisfying conclusion to this movie. And there's a satisfying explanation of Pennywise that if they don't ever do more then this this is good enough. But if they do more, then they are going to need to explain more uh, just because if they're going to take more time to do things with these characters and to do things with the, the, the character, I guess of Pennywise, um, then they need to reveal more. And, and I think they will. I think they will. I don't know. I don't know if they will, but I think they will. So, Anyway, that that's that's kind of the plot. And then when you get into the the style of things, then oh my goodness. This movie was so 80s. It was so 80s. And and I don't want to even say much about that just to let you if you go and see it, discover it for yourself. And if you have if you're not going to go and see it, then the things I say are going to be they're not going to have much meaning for you anyway. So I'm just going to stop it with this is so 80s. And if you've seen it, you know what I mean. You you saw the stuff. And if you are from my generation and you're watching this movie, my generation meaning someone who grew up in the 80s, uh, you're going to find yourself smiling and smirking, possibly laughing, um, maybe laughing in embarrassment for yourself or maybe, maybe not, you know, um, but there were so many things on the screen that I'm just like, oh my goodness, I lived this. I lived that. I did this. I did that. I had that. I wore that. I looked like that. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, it's it's all there. And, and that is another thing that really pulled me into <laughs> this movie um, was just they created the world so well. They created it so well, just like they kind of, I mean, they did in Stranger Things, but in Stranger Things, there was a couple things that I saw where I'm just, I don't think that actually is from the period. And I'm just going to throw it out there right now. The Millennium Falcon toy that they had in season one of Stranger Things, that's not the Millennium Falcon toy from the 80s. 
it is something different, something newer. And I don't know if it's a actual, you know, off the shelf Kenner slash Hasbro Millennium Falcon from like the nineties or, or more recent, but it was not the Millennium Falcon that I had in the mid eighties. It's just, it's just not. So I'm just saying that putting it out there. Um, other than that, Stranger Things felt really of the time. But uh, if you are from my generation, if you are from or, you know, if you lived the 80s, you're going to relive the 80s watching this movie. If you are younger than that generation who lived the 80s and, you know, and people older than me in the 80s may not have that same kind of nostalgia, um, but you've lived it, so you're you're going to see the things that you lived through. Uh, if you're younger than that, then this is a historical document, or or a, an historical recreation. And I just had this conversation actually with uh, someone at work who's much younger than me, and she she and I were talking, and I was saying, you know, these are some movies. You know, I, I, we were talking about the movie E.T. and she likes Stranger Things, and I I talked a little bit about E.T. and how Stranger Things has some E.T. like references and riffs in it and and uh, she had never seen it. I said, well, you know, if you watch it, you you probably won't like it the same way I did, because when I saw it, I was a uh, eight, nine year old boy and I'm watching it thinking I want to be that kid on the screen and you're not going to feel that way because you aren't a kid right now and, and it wasn't from your childhood, but you're going to see this historical recreation or this historical in that case a historical document of just living in that time and for this it's it's more the historical recreation and it it works it works really really well and i liked it now as far as the music goes i don't remember hardly anything about the music and that's probably a good thing the music definitely worked with the the uh the, the story, the, the movie, uh, the music definitely worked with uh, the editing and, and, and building tension and building toward a, a big scare or a big reveal. And, and when the big thing happened, the music worked along with it as well. I just don't remember much about about the music. Uh, and then it just it genuinely has a really creepy tone, a really, really creepy tone really creepy um the uh and and this is where i I, i'm kind of getting into spoilers here and so i want to be careful how i talk about this um because i i don't want to put anything into your head if you're going to be watching and you're planning to watch you haven't seen it yet and so you're listening right now um but this is something that that in any discussion of this movie that i'm going to have I'm, i'm going to bring up because i honestly didn't find this movie that scary uh, the tension building was masterfully done. The, the rising tension and the rising action toward this horrible thing that's going to happen that has to be done in a horror movie. It wasn't super effective for me. And instead there was a number of times where it would happen. I'd just be, I just find myself, you know, raising an eyebrow and cocking my head to the side and just thinking, that's it. That's what you were building toward. And that's, that's the scary thing. That's supposed to be the thing that's scaring me right now. Some of the things felt goofy. Um, 
they they right off the bat they show the monster they show the shark you know alien and jaws are kind of the two horror movies that kind of get used as the best example of you know you don't show the thing too early and you don't show all the thing at the same time and um i felt like with with pennywise they show him and they show what he does and how he does it um pretty early on and a little, a little bit too early, I, I thought. I was really surprised that they went there and showed it and did that. Is it a mistake in in storytelling? I, I won't go that far to say it was a mistake in storytelling, but I, I'll I'll say I was surprised and and I and it wasn't super effective for me. And and sometimes when they would show some of the things or the way that they would the way that they would show it, it just I, I get that he's a clown. You know, he is a clown. He's supposed to be clownish. They didn't play him as a goofy clown. They didn't really even play him as more this. I mean, they they played him as a scary clown. He was supposed to be scary, but um, he definitely wasn't clowning around in the way your Freddy Krueger might. Um, I don't remember much about Tim Curry's uh, clowniness, <laughs> so I, I I can't compare that. Um, but comparing Pennywise to some other. Um, personalities of horror to so to speak uh pennywise was more more straight and and more um what you see is what you get and not so much about the punchline and more about the irony i guess um because of the way he would dispose of people or take care of people or do things with them um but the tone was consistently creepy and the scary moments, the the mo- you know the the time leading up to some of the reveals was was good. There weren't a lot of jump scares for me, but there were a lot of things that felt like they were building up to a jump scare that didn't deliver. And so, as much as I liked it as a creature, um, I wasn't. I didn't find myself scared. I, I didn't find myself worried. I didn't find myself cringing very much. And and I actually started letting my guard down as, as the movie went on because of the way the payoffs kept coming or rather not coming. So that that's, you know, the kind of the style and the, of the scares, but then the skill of the movie making was really, really strong. And, and the way that the camera moved and the, the, the special effects to me felt like they just were integrated seamlessly and anything that didn't integrate seamlessly was, it felt right because, you know, this is a evil clown causing you to see nasty, scary things, you know, so they're not part of the natural environment there. So getting into some of the themes then, um, there's definitely a theme of, of, facing fears. And I talked about how, you know, uh, your, your fear of the thing is a real emotion, but the fear itself is, is not real. The fear is a reaction to something and they take care of facing their fears mainly by not facing it alone. And so that's another big theme is friendship and, and, uh, camaraderie and, and, um, 
you know, as far as me watching this as, as a Christian, um, I'm watching it. And that's the one big thing that's sticking out to me is just this idea of you can't go it alone. You know, if, if you shouldn't go it alone, if you don't have to, you shouldn't. I mean, it's bringing, bringing up ideas to me of, um, watching these kids, you know, and their friendship and the way they're sticking together and the way they're saying, you know, we can stop this thing if we work together. And that's actually a very valid thing. It's something that, you know, it's that idea of do not give up meeting together. And it's that idea of seeing Jesus accumulate these disciples and David with his mighty men and, uh, you know, these circles of friends and, um, you know, Paul never going on a mission by himself, but um, even when he, quote unquote, breaks up with one of his friends, he goes out with someone else, not on dates, but, you know, on the mission field. And Paul is, is uh, you know, he is, he if anyone could do it alone, you would think he would be, but he knows he shouldn't do it alone. He knows he, he could do it alone, but he doesn't want to do it alone. And when he finds himself alone, he's lonely, you know, and you can see in his letters when he's saying, Hey, send so-and-so. And when he comes, let him bring my jacket, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so I see that, but I also see that in my own life too, you know, as, as I'm getting older and as my friends, we, you know, we grow apart from each other and move apart from each other. And, and, uh, just as I'm getting older, it's harder to make friends and, and the value of just not going it alone and having a friend support system, um, to me feels even greater now as an, as an old man, I, I'm not actually an old man. I mean, I'm only uh, 43 now, um, this was my forty, my my birthday present to myself for my forty third birthday, and and here I am as a forty three year old, and I'm facing down age. You know, I'm I'm looking at it now, and I'm seeing it there, and it, it's it's coming toward me. Uh, you know, the elderliness of of life, but that also brings up another theme, though, of this this movie, and that is growing up, and and the idea of growing up, man. Uh, it's the most brutal part of growing up. Now, these kids don't go through an adolescence in the movie itself, but they kind of do. There's definitely a, there's the hint of sexual awakening uh, with the boys, and there is much more than a hint of, of sexual uh, growing uh, and, and just the 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 birth of puberty and, and sexuality uh, with with the, the girl character. Um, there's also just this facing down of mortality and this idea that um, you have to let go of things when they when they've died. And the, there's a possibility, a very real possibility that not not a real possibility. It's inevitable that we're going to die, but there's a real possibility that we could die sooner than you would expect based on, you know, typical lifespans and typical life rhythms. And then there's also, uh, as far as growing up, there's the idea of moving away from your parents, moving beyond your parents. And um, in, in some cases in this, I mean, they're, they're straight up just defying their parents. And, and that's a part of their growth is, is to choose to say, I'm going to do this, even though you're telling me not to do this. And then there's also, um, two characters who are abused by their parents and they are able to pull away from that abuse of their parents. Um, 
<laughs> and I don't want to spoil, but those of you who have seen the movie, you know, that's, there's that idea there of what they have to do to get away from their parents, get beyond their parents and beyond that, that abuse of their parents. But even the kids who have good relationships with their parents or what, what there's not a lot of parent kids screen time, uh, but what seems like could be or should be good, um, they also have to pull away from that. And they also, they, I mean, all of the characters have tension with their parents and have conflict with their parents, which again is realistic. And, and that is something that I'm watching and I'm, I'm feeling that as well. I'm feeling it from both ends. I'm remembering when I was a kid and, you know, feeling like the kids in this movie are feeling where ah, my, my parents are just, you know, they're, they're hedging me in and they're, um, forcing me to do things that I don't want to do or, um, they're they're not allowing me to you know connect with my friends and and then I also see it on the other side where I am the parent now and I have the teenager uh, kids and um it's <laughs> it's not easy uh, on either side it's not easy but that's that's just a part of of growing up is growing up growing independent and growing away from your parents and and moving on in your life and becoming um, your own individual separate from the family unit and then becoming that then becoming an individual that becomes part of a new family unit. And, and that doesn't, the new family unit is not happening here. Although there's hints of it uh, as far as there's, there's some crushes going on. And, and again, that was another one where I'm watching it and I'm watching the kids and I'm seeing the crushes develop. And uh, you know, there's that character named Ben and he's reminding me of of young, not little Benji Avery. Okay, little Benji Avery had some crushes. He did, uh, but this was more the junior high and and high school Ben who had the crushes and who you know asked out the girl to homecoming, who ended up going to homecoming alone, and I didn't go. Yeah, she chose to go alone rather than go with Ben. I think that was 10th grade Ben. Might have been 11th. Yeah, part of the Losers Club. That's me. That turned out okay. It, it gets it gets better, kids. You know, if you're if you're part of that Losers Club, you're not really. You're not a loser. And and that's probably another theme here that I would say is that just this idea of there is value and worth to everyone. And, and you need to treat people with that value and that, you know, treat someone as if they have value and worth. Um, these kids, if they had not found each other and if they had not found the, the camaraderie that comes with just having like-minded interests, but also, you know, choosing to say, you know, these things about you that are really annoying I'm going to ignore it and I'm going to go ahead and continue being your friend, even though you're super annoying, even though you tell these awful jokes that are really offensive. Um, I'm going to continue being your friend. And there's, I, I don't think this is maybe an intentional theme, but it, maybe it is the, this idea of the weight of glory and, and yeah, but even, I mean, the, the even the bullies, you know, you just get the sense that 
if someone would have just recognized the the value of them the value that they have just because they are you know like it's this idea that for for me and this is something i try and teach my kids and i'm i'm trying to teach the kids that i that i teach at church it, you know it's just the the idea that uh you know god loves everyone and so we should too and we need to love people not because they are great or good because no one is good you know and and so we need to we need to still love them and um the way pennywise is able to pick people off is by finding isolated people and the isolated people are the ones who end up uh i'm not going to say but picked off and it's these kids um they find trouble when they isolate themselves from each other but when they come together they're able to be, you know form a fellowship a fellowship of the bicycle losers club so that's that's kind of some of the themes that i saw in there and yeah i mean these are these are ideas that are not unique to the story they are ideas that are definitely celebrated in this story. And that's, that's one of the best things about it. Uh, going back to the tone um, and this kind of celebration of friendship and stuff like that, you know, this is definitely feels like another Stephen King story that I've not read, but that I've seen the movie of, and that's uh, stand by me. And it also harkens back to some of the other eighties movies, like, uh, I don't know, explorers, I guess, or uh, you know, even ET. Um, where you have just that group of of friends and and they hate each other but they love each other and and it's that's a positive thing to see but do I recommend this movie and and the answer to that is <laughs> it's the answer that I always have I guess and it's the same with I mean really it's the same thing with uh, our horror discussion from two episodes ago yes but you know, it's I, I it's a well-made movie. It works as a movie, and it works well uh, as a movie that kind of has something to say, and that will make you have feelings if if you allow it to, or if it connects with you. I should say, maybe, maybe that's you know, if you allow it to, or let it connect with you. Um, but it's also very violent. And, and there's some very disturbing images um, that <laughs> there's also some images that I think are meant to be disturbing, but felt kind of goofy. Um, but overall, this is a recommendable movie. You just need to know what you can handle. And it's definitely not a kid's movie. I'm watching this and thinking if they took out the language, this could almost work as a kid's movie. Um but they didn't, you know, they, they kept it, they, they kept it with that Stephen King, um, level of, of language and, and level of violence. And honestly, because the next movie will not be them as a kid, as kids, uh, it makes sense that, that, you know, you, you don't want to make a PG movie about a group of kids and then turn around and say, okay, well, here's them as adults and it's R rated, you know? So I don't know. I, we'll, we'll see what the next movie looks like, but that is Stephen King's, uh, it movie. Uh, that is the strangers and aliens review of it. And what's happening next on strangers and aliens. Well, uh, 
Um, I'm not exactly sure, but it's Thor. <laughs> it's it's Thor Ragnarok, and I think we're gonna have a uh, a road trip review, and uh, also coming soon we have Justice League. But I'm also hoping to have some guest hosts on to talk about a couple different movies. One is a movie called Colossal, which was uh, Hulu exclusive in the States, I think. I, I'm not sure all the details there. And then also um, I'm looking to do a, a movie review with another guest host. Uh, hopefully the details all work out. But of a, a movie franchise that had a, a movie, a remake, and a sequel, prequel, remake. <laughs> so... It has all of them. Uh, the, the third in the franchise is all of them. It's a remake and a prequel-ish thing. So if uh, those uh, clues don't clue you in, then you're going to want to listen to that podcast because we're going to talk about an interesting horror movie. So that's it for this episode. I want to thank you for listening. And I just want to say uh, we'd love to hear from you and I'd love to hear from you about uh, it. And hopefully our episodes are going to become more um, regular. Uh, but like I said, I mean, October was a difficult month and it was difficult in different ways and in different areas. And some of it was good, difficult. Some of it was bad, difficult. Some of it honestly was uh, the, the phrase I like to use is creative depression. Um, I was just there were some difficult times where I just didn't feel like creating. I didn't feel like I could create and, um, it wasn't, wasn't easy. Um, but hopefully we're on, on, on an upswing here now that winter is coming. So all that said, thank you so much for listening and Godspeed. You've been listening to the strangers and aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan, David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at strangeandalien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-378. And once again, thanks for listening. Oh my goodness. I lived this. I lived that. I did this. I did that. I had that. I wore that. I looked like that. Oh.